Welcome to the Potter's House Community Church's podcast. Join us weekly as we feature our Sunday sermons. The Potter's House Community Church exists to help people be shaped by God to be followers of Jesus Christ. We hope today's message encourages you as we dive into God's Word. So grab your favorite drink and let's listen to today's sermon. So show me your mysteries, my God. We've already heard a lot of the Christmas story. Um, you heard it from the kids. You've heard it in the songs we've, we've sung. Um, and so, uh, so my job should be pretty easy here tonight, um, just to kind of hopefully wrap it up a little bit. Uh, but what I want to do tonight is there's basically two places in Scripture where we can see the Christmas story. Uh, one's at the beginning of Luke, and one's at the beginning of Matthew. Um, when I read Luke's version, it seems like Luke interviewed Mary... And you very much have the mom version of the story. There's a lot of details. There's a lot of feelings involved. Um, There's a lot of who was thinking about what going on. Whereas in Matthew's account of the same event, it's much shorter and very to the point, as if he interviewed Joseph. (laughs) And the things that a dad would be worried about are the things that comes out in Matthew's account. And so I want us to look at Matthew's account tonight, and, uh, and I'm going to start um, in Matthew chapter 1, and uh, I'm going to start in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord has spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. And so... We see here that Matthew doesn't include all the details that that Luke includes. Um, He doesn't have all the details about shepherds or angels who showed up and spoke to them. Um, He doesn't uh, doesn't include all of those little little facts, um, but he does include the main point. And the main point is that Jesus was born. And so why is that the main point? Really, that's the main point for for two names that are listed here in this passage. There were two names given for this baby. First, it says, she will bear a son. The angel's talking to him. He says, she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And why do you call him Jesus? For he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus in and of itself means that he's coming to be a savior. He was born for the purpose of offering salvation, of offering a way to be forgiven, to be made right with God. 
Um, recently, a couple of weeks ago, I guess about a month ago now, uh, I was out riding my quad up in, up in the bush, and uh, it was pretty early in the morning, and uh, I was going along, and I was pretty far out there, and all of a sudden, a helicopter went over. And I was like, that's very strange. We don't have any fires. We were past that season, okay? So the whole helicopter loops were kind of not out, but I was like, hmm, I wonder what's going on. Uh, maybe, maybe a search and rescue. I don't know. Well, I keep driving on my quad down this road and I, I come to around a corner and there's this guy standing on the side of the road and he waves me down. So I stop and I'm talking to him and find out his story. And, uh, he, and who I assume was his dad, it was an older guy that was with him. Um, the two of them were hunting the night before and they shot a deer just before dark and were unable to find it. And they had tried to track it through the woods, and in the middle of all of it, uh, they lost the deer and themselves in the woods. Um, They did not have the proper gear for the temperatures that it was that night. And by the time I came across this guy on the side of the road, he was quite cold and quite tired of walking. Um, And so he was like, will you give me a ride back to my truck? I was like, well, sure, we'll figure out somehow to get you on here. So the two of us get on my quad, which we were two large people on one not large quad. <laughs> and, and so I, I'm giving him a ride back to his vehicle. And about halfway, we catch up to his, his dad. And so they switch out, and the dad hops on. I give him a ride the rest of the way. He gets, he's so thankful. He's just so, they're both just so thankful. Because they knew that they were in a bad spot. They knew that their bodies were done from walking, their bodies were done from the cold, their bodies were were done from everything they had just been through over the last night. And they were so, so happy to see someone who could help them, to see someone who could offer salvation, if you will. And so I was very happy to be able to help them in that circumstance, in that situation. But here's the thing about it. They were happy because they knew that they needed help. They knew that they needed somebody to come and help them. They said that they saw the helicopter go over and they were waving their arms like crazy, but that helicopter just kept flying. And so they were so happy that someone came along who could help them and could save them. Well, the same is true with Jesus. Jesus coming and offering salvation is only good news. It's only good news to you if you know that you need a Savior. If you know that you're in desperate need. If you know that, yes, I am guilty before God and I need a Savior and Jesus is that Savior. Then then if, if you know that, then there is no better news than the fact that he was born. There's nothing better to celebrate this time of year. There's nothing we want to look to more than to the fact that Jesus was born. He was born with a purpose. He was born with a mission. That purpose and that mission, uh, the, 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 the mission of Christmas culminates in Easter. So Jesus came to earth to live, and he lived a sinless, perfect life, but yet he lived that perfect life leading to death death on a cross, dying, paying a punishment he didn't owe, and then rising again three days later so that we could be saved. That's all in this verse here in Matthew, just in the name Jesus. 
That's what the angel is saying here. He's saying he's Jesus because he's going to save his people from their sins. And I want to ask you, have you been saved from your sins? Do you know that Jesus is good news? Are you that guy on the side of the road who looks up and says, thank goodness somebody's finally here? And then there's a second name here. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, this is why Jesus was able to be the Savior. It's because he's not just any ordinary man. He was the God-man. Fully God, fully man. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. That in and of itself should say, hey, this is somebody we should pay attention to. You might say, well, sure, anybody could say that. Not anybody can just come back from the dead, though. So I think one kind of proves the other. And so, yes, Jesus is the God-man. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. And so in that, we know that not only is he a God who can save us, a God who can forgive us, a God who can make us right, but he's a God who's with us. We can know him. We can have a relationship with him. He came to be known, not to be far off. And that's why Jesus came. He was God with us, walked with us, talked with us, and he was with us all along the way. And so that's the message of Christmas. I'm going to continue uh, in in Matthew chapter 2, starting in verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea. For so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And, uh, and so what I want us to do as we, we walk through this account relating to the wise men here, is I want us to see different people's responses to the fact that Jesus has been born. The way that different people respond to the news that the promised one had been born. Uh, the first group I want us to see here are the chief priests and scribes. The chief priests and scribes, they're asked, hey, where is this supposed to happen? And do they know the answer? Yeah, they know their Bible. They know their, their Bible inside and out. They know all the facts. What do they do when they're asked about this? Nothing. They give the answer and it seems like they just go about their daily life. I don't know about you, but if, if my life were, de- were dedicated and devoted to knowing the scriptures and the thing I'm looking forward to is the promised Messiah coming and someone comes and asks me, hey, where's this supposed to happen? I think I'm going to go check it out. I hope, I hope I would. But it seems like these guys, they just are kind of indifferent. 
And the sad fact is, is that many people, when they come into contact with the reality of who Jesus is and the fact that he has come, they remain in indifference. And, uh, and I hope that's not you. I hope that's not me. I hope that's not us this, this Christmas season where we're just going through the motions. We're just checking off the boxes. We're just doing the things. And we're kind of indifferent to the great news of the fact that the Messiah has been born. The Messiah has come. Jesus is here. Well, the story goes on, verse 7. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that, had, uh, that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was born, or where the child was, sorry. When they saw the star, um, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So you have these wise men who they've seen this star from far off. They've traveled what we'll see later on in the story, most likely for like two years. From when they saw the star to when they get there. I mean, that's dedication. They're all in. They've come and they're, as soon as they, they see this baby, they, they fall down and they're worshiping him and they're, they're bringing gifts and giving him gifts of, of great value. And I hope, I hope our response to Jesus is closer to theirs because many people when faced with the good news of Jesus Christ do bow down and worship. And that should be our response to him. Because these guys could have easily gone a different direction. Like, think about it. Put yourself in their, in their shoes, or their saddles, if you will. So they, they have just spent all this time, effort, and energy coming because they have read the stars. They've read what God is screaming from the cosmos, that something big is happening and they've followed that to a people that they think would be celebrating the birth of their king. And they get there and everybody's like, huh? What are you talking about? New, new baby? New king? What? Oh, yeah, that, that's supposed to happen over that little town down the road. Bethlehem down there. You want to go over there? Go ahead. Like, that could be kind of discouraging, I would think. You know? You would think that you get there and everybody else would be on board with like, oh, this is a huge deal. But yet these guys are not dissuaded from what they came for. They're still there to worship and praise this baby, Jesus, and who he is. Or most likely toddler Jesus, whichever way you want to look at it. But, so they, they bow down and worship. And I hope that's where we are as well. There's another response. Let's keep going. Uh, verse 13. Now, when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for a child to destroy him. 
And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken of by the prophet, out of Egypt I called my son. <coughs> and, um, and so here we see Jesus' earthly parents, Mary and Joseph, doing again whatever is needed for Jesus. Whatever Jesus needs, they're like, yeah, we'll do that. And so when warned, they take off and they move to another country um, because that's what Jesus needed them to do. And many people, when they're faced with the reality of who Jesus is, they do whatever Jesus needs them to do. Maybe that's the, the, the takeaway for you today is, what is there that Jesus needs you to do? Because Mary and Joseph didn't hold back. Like, this is no small undertaking to just uproot and move to another country, right? Being someone who's done that. Um, and it does, it's not something that uh, is done cheaply, right? Like, it, to establish your life and, and livelihood and everything in a new country and to take care of this young family, like, that was some big steps, you know, some people ask me, like, well, where do you think the, the gold and frankincense and myrrh went to, that the, the wise men brought? I'm like, well, it went into moving expenses. Um, <laughs> like, I, that's what I think. Um, like, right away, they needed it, and God knew they were going to need it, so he sent it with these guys to come bring it to them. And so with this, uh, we see Mary and Joseph just doing whatever Jesus needs them to do. And so maybe there's something in your life right now where you know Jesus is wanting you to take this step, to do this thing, whatever it is, fill in the blank. And maybe that's your takeaway from this passage today. But the story does go on. In verse 16, it says this. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old or under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. So based on when the wise men said they first saw the star, he says, hey, go kill all, all the boys two years old and under. And so we'd say, well, why would he do that? Well, he did that because he was threatened by who Jesus is. He was threatened by uh, the reality of who Jesus is. And when, when people are confronted with that reality, um, it can be a threat to their way of life. To understand this better, we probably should understand Herod a little better. So Herod was basically a puppet king. Um, he was set up by, basically by the Romans. He, would, didn't, he had no legitimate claim uh, to the throne of Israel um, he had no right to, to sit on that throne at all, to rule the people. Um, basically, he was good at political maneuvering and had put himself in this position. He also was a man that because of that, he was always very paranoid um, that others were going to usurp him and take his power and authority that, that he was so proud of and uh, the wealth and everything that came with it. Uh, even to the point where through history, we have the account of um, at one point, he was afraid uh, his, two of his sons uh, were going to be liked by the people more than he was. Um, so his response was to kill his wife and two sons, along with some other family members, 
um, so that they wouldn't usurp him for the throne. So this was not a mentally stable guy, all right? Like, just so we know this to start with. And then, uh, and so then these wise men show up and they say, hey, the legitimate king has been born. He, he didn't take that very well, right? He's not a stable guy. And so he, he does this horrible thing. Why? Because the legitimacy of Jesus Christ was a threat to him. And the reality is anytime if we live our life in a way where we, we choose and we value the things that are against God more than we value the things of God, another way of saying that is if, if we value sin more than we value Christ, then yeah, Christ is a threat to our life. It's a threat to our way of life. And so it's, it's easy to look at, at Herod here in this story and be like, oh, what a horrible guy. He did such a horrible thing. But how many times do we try to protect parts of our life that aren't good because Jesus is a threat to them? We need to surrender those things. We need to give those things over to him. We need to bow and worship before him. And we need to be willing to say, whatever you want me to do, Jesus, whatever you want me to do. Let's pray together. Jesus, we do thank you that you came. We thank you that, uh, um, that you came in such a mighty way. And you're so good. Lord, I thank you that you came as, as the baby in the manger so that you could die as our Lord on the cross. And then you could leave an empty tomb behind and ascend back into heaven where you're seated now at the right hand of the Father. Thank you for that, Lord. Lord, I pray that, that you will speak to each of us today about where you're leading us in our lives and how this, this passage intersects with us. I pray all this in Christ's name. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. Feel free to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and share with others. If you'd like to learn more about our church, you can visit our website at www.potterschurch.ca or you can connect with us also on social media. Tune in next week for a brand new episode of our weekly sermon series. We hope that you have such an amazing rest of your day. Don't you feel yourself.